0: Greetings, traveler. It would appear that you made a wrong turn into the right podcast. I hear you're a fan of the Adventure Zone. Well, lucky for you, so are we. We're going to take a critical eye to this beloved podcast, and in doing so,
1: hopefully we don't roll a critical failure. (laughs) It's the Good Boys Girls Zone.
0: The medicines, the medicines that es- Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. Welcome back to the Good Boys Girls, a fan podcast for the McElroy family of products.
1: I am your co-host Haley Rose. And I am your co-host Lily Blue. And
0: we are the,
1: the good, good Boys, Boys Girls. Girls.
0: Um Hi, I love you.
1: Hi, baby, I love you.
0: Uh so today we're talking about the very good Adventure
1: the very Zone. Very good.
0: The very good, the Adventure Zone, good. The good <laughs> Adventure Zone. The very good good adventure zone.
1: Uh-huh. How good is it?
0: It's it's good.
1: Yeah? <laughs>
0: it's it's good. It's very good. Um so a lot of you uh dear listeners are obviously fans. And if you're not obviously fans and what are you what are you doing? Um listen to this show. So The Adventure Zone <laughs> is a tabletop RPG podcast hosted by the the the, the titular good boys and their good papa. Clint Mm -hmm. McElroy, Mm -hmm. Um, and so this is Travis Griffin and Justin Mm -hmm. and Clint uh, in a podcast playing D anD D or other tabletop games together, Mm -hmm. and uh, making me cry. That's what they do. Uh, That's what this (laughs) podcast is about. It's about having fun with your family.
1: The podcast.
0: Welcome to Tears of Joy and Sadness. The podcast. Welcome to I never thought I could cry this much at Dice Rolls the podcast.
1: <laughs> welcome um, to wait wasn't this supposed to just be funny? Wait the po- this the the category on iTunes is a comedy podcast. The podcast.
0: Welcome, welcome to wait a minute. I all of the reviews said this was hilarious. Why is my heart on the floor? Why am the podcast? God, why
1: are there tears streaming down my face? The podcast.
0: Um. <clears throat> The Adventure Zone Yeah Now for this episode For the sake of this episode Because there's a lot to cover here We're going to be talking about Taz Balance um, Mm -hmm. Which is the first And only Taz Balance Only Taz Balance We're going to hit on the other stuff a little bit Um, We're going to get a little bit drunk We're going to go into the bar And we're going to hit on it But um, Are we? What? Are we? No Oh Um, But we're going to touch on it Uh huh I prefer hitting on it (laughs) Touching you can hit on a little me. Bit. The touching... Okay. Well, let's, let's leave the... Let's leave that naughty, d- d- vulgar talk.
1: Oh, uh, please. Outside of the- <laughs> Please. God.
0: This is a family motherfucking program. And we can't have that kind of just filth.
1: Okay, I'm sorry. On my I'll, show. I'll, I'm sorry.
0: And I will hit on you later. So... The the Adventure Zone uh, balance, babe, why don't you take it? Yeah. Why don't you give us the summary Oof, of what okay. balance is?
1: So, all right. So as Haley said, uh, the Adventure Zone in general is a fun podcast of three boys and their dad playing D&D. But the balance arc is so much more than that. So mm-hmm. uh, episode one started... Um, as part of their flagship show, uh, Mabim Bam, My Brother, My Brother and Me, which we've mentioned before and haven't covered yet. That's next, I think. There's a lot to cover there. So we're kind of like trying yeah. to push that off as far as we can because there's a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, it started as uh, somebody, I think it was Justin, was on maternity leave Mm-hmm. And the three of them had recorded an episode of them playing D&D Because if you listen to the really early episodes of um, Mabim Bam I believe it's
0: paternity leave, by the way Sure, yes, I you're don't right. think Justin bore the child No, sorry As much as uh, I'd love that image but. <laughs>
1: That's great um, No, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, 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 what was I saying?
0: they, pre-recorded an, oh, yeah, they pre-recorded an episode of them playing yeah uh, they pre-recorded
1: an episode of them playing a D&D campaign together and if you actually listen to like the really early episodes of Mobim Bam they actually talk about like people requested them to play a tabletop game together specifically D&D and they were like i ah, you know we're not we're not we're nerds, but we're not those nerds. We're not that big <laughs> dweebuses. Like We
0: started and run a video game entertainment right? website. <laughs> right. And that's our job. That's our job. But we're, but not we're not nerds. nerds.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, they had this thing pre recorded in case they needed a break, um, because normally they would like, you know, compile like highlights from Mabim Bam, but instead they put right, this like out. right like a clip show. Right, and so they put out this episode and they didn't expect it to go anywhere because it was literally all just like goofs and stupid jokes and like dicks right. and boners and like boy Farts humor. And yeah. yeah, and then uh, the response from it was incredible. Astronomical. And... Uh, People were like, "Hey, we want more of this," and they were like, "Okay, I guess." So they made a separate podcast. So that's why the Adventure Zone actually has two anniversaries, I believe. Mm-hmm. The first one is August twelfth. Damn. Uh.
0: Look at you with missed dates.
1: Listen, th- it's okay. We'll get into all that. I can't even go on. Oh, August eighteenth. I was close. Um, and then the other being the other one is October something or other. So it's coming up. Okay. Pretty so that's sooner. coming up. Um, but yeah, no th- yeah, the official So we're sort of
0: threading the needle on this one.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the official the official Adventure Zone anniversary is August 18th, 2014, because that's when it came out on the Mabim Bam feed. Um, yeah. but then the Taz feed started like sometime mid October um, of the same year. So they it wasn't very long before they were like, Well, I guess we're doing this bi weekly now. Um, so, uh, within balance it's broken up. So balance is one overall arc within the adventure zone. And then within balance, there's more arcs, um, of things that happen in, inside that. So from this point on, we are 10 minutes into this recording from this point on, it's going to be spoiler central. So yeah, spoiler,
0: if- absolute spoiler central. We're going to be talking about plot points, uh, major plot points, um, yes. People who have died, people who are still alive. um, Characters that die and come back. Yes, because in order to talk about the full breadth of how this was impactful, um, we will have to mention certain key things, and we're going to get excited, and we're going to jump on top of things. and
1: probably stumble over each other a lot
0: with our- Yeah, I'm going to try my best to try to avoid just giving a plot summary of the show- well, um, here's
1: the thing about Balance is that it's really good. Um honestly, in my opinion, I think it's one of the most well-constructed narratives I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. Um which is crazy to say considering it started out as like just a goof. Um, right. so, you know, uh, it's also
0: crazy to say considering this was the first time Griffin DM had DM'd,
1: I know. Um but that being said, there are parts of the adventure zone that are best enjoyed unspoiled just because like yes, the twists absolutely. come and you go, Oh shit, man. Yeah. Dude. So So it's Yeah. It's
0: definitely I would say if you have not listened to the entirety of balance. Yeah. Or are like working through balance and even if you're like, I'm towards the end of, you know, X arc or yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 no. Like, go away. There are there are things we're going to mention from Literally, the first episode that come back into play in the last episode. And so, like, we're definitely going to be playing this out a little bit. And if Uh, you're like,
1: like, oh, man, you know, I don't mind spoilers. I promise you, you will. I mind it for you. I mind it for you. You will. Later, you'll regret it. So... Uh, as much as we want you to be here and listen please go listen or finish listening to balance and then come back because it it's worth it you know and if this won't convince you our pleading won't convince you to listen to it you know i, I promise you it's funny it's touching it's yes.
0: it, it's sci-fi
1: it's, adventure like it's everything you could want in a narrative it's
0: worth it's worth the time investment for sure um so you've been warned yes. from now on from here on in i shoot without a script oh that's our other podcast um <laughs> so uh okay
1: i want to wait before which we start, other podcast t-
0: <laughs> tin pan i referenced a musical
1: I, I know i just i had we have so many continue <laughs> are, are you done I'm. <laughs> what do you mean? Am I done?
0: Are you done? Di- are. Can I continue? Can I? Can we?
1: <laughs> what is this bit?
0: I don't know. What- I was trying to like sow the seeds of 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 something sinister that I would play off later on in the episode. Oh, much okay. like Griffin does very well when he weaves his wonderful verbal taps. Sure, issues. but it, it was sure. sort of came off a little a little bit harsher than I wanted it to. <laughs> And so I, for I a second, I'm I so- thought you
1: were mad at me, and then I was like,
0: <laughs> "I'm sorry, baby. I love you." Oh, it's
1: okay, sweetheart. You're allowed to play bits. No, I know.
0: Couldn't I know. ever be mad at okay, you. Okay, that's not for true. Interrupting my fucking podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can do it again. You want me to do it? I can do it right now.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna yeah. interrupt the narrative flow. All right. Yeah. Bye, bye,
1: listeners. <laughs> I love you. I love you.
0: Um, See?
1: There we did it. You fell for it. it. You fell into my trap.
0: No. <laughs> okay, so that was speaking too of gay. no. We we exceeded our tasteful gay limit, so now we gotta reel it back in and be and be All straight. Right. I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, ew, vaginas. I have one of those, and I find them gross. Straight people don't make any sense to I me know, anyway.
1: Whatever. Sorry, straight Um, people. It's true, though.
0: You're welcome here. You're very welcome. welcome.
1: We love you with open arms. We'll teach you how to love better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. In every way. That was so shady. Um, Okay, so Taz. (laughs) Um, I wanted to start off by saying how we got into Taz because we both got into the Adventure Zone around the same time. Yeah. I think I might have started listening to it just before you actually. Cuz I started Possibly. listening to it in um I want to say January of 2000 and uh 16 uh, last 16. Yeah. yeah no, no, we started at the exact same time. Yeah.
1: We just were um, we weren't paced exactly the same. I think you caught up before I did.
0: I did. Yes, because I went on a big road trip Uh, to nashville to see my brother and that was when i fell in love with the adventure zone so for me i started listening to taz balance and on the recommendation of my friend mike uh shout out to mike um he i told i was working in a movie theater with him and he told i we were talking about uh monster factory and he said have you ever listened to the adventure zone and i said What's that? And he said, "Oh, it's a podcast that they do with their other brother and their dad." And I said, "There's another brother." <laughs> uh-huh. And um, I might have mentioned this in in our prologue episode, but anyway, uh, I started listening to the Adventure Zone, and it was it was Gerblins, and so you know, here they be Gerblins is a rough start to a podcast, oh, and I wow. uh, I I love That's them, an and I don't <laughs> I don't want to throw shade, mm-hmm. and honestly, the novelization makes it a lot better. Yeah. Um, But Here there Be Gerblins is a rough start to a podcast because they're, you know, unsteady. And Griffin, I gotta say, masterfully saved Here They Be Gerblins in retrospect. Because I remember Here They Be Gerblins as part of the grand narrative. But in the moment, I was like, okay... (laughs) Like yeah. it took me like a couple days to get through the first episode cuz it's literally them going over their character sheets. Yeah. And I'm like when I tell people to start listening, I say skip the first episode.
1: Well, they did put out a cut version.
0: They did put out a cut version That's which like was like less. Glorious, yeah. which was less terrible.
1: Le- less clunky. Um <laughs>
0: but then the rest of it goes on and it's like very much like just beat for beat sort of a and d adventure which was I think my Innocence and inexperience with D and D was what saved that arc for me because for me I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I've always wanted to see what it was like inside of a D and D adventure, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting a good taste of that. If I had ever played D and D before that, especially if I had played Fandolin or Fandolver, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, Lost, Lost my of Fandolver, yeah, um, I would have been like, all right, fucking yeah, I've played this. Go, keep going. Like, or like, so,
1: damn they're really bad at this. Yeah, or damn
0: they're really bad at D and D. But um, as I went through, like you know, these little moments happen, like you know, stealing the magic jumping loafers, and yeah, God, um, the 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 moments, the moments I started to fall in love with D and D were when they were in the fungus cave with the spores that came out when yes. they made noise and they kept yelling at each other and Griffin said more spores come out, take poison damage and they kept forgetting and doing it and I was like, oh my God, this is like really immersive this, and stupid. That's
1: what is, yeah.
0: It's really immersive and stupid and I love it and so <clears throat> I, was, I was really digging that and then the whole like the blood activating the map and like all of these cool things that happened in it but I was... You know, it was rough, and it took me a while to get through the first arc into... And I remember, actually, where I was. I was I was getting an echocardiogram on my heart, because my doctor found a heart murmur, and they wanted to check on it, so I had to go get an EKG from uh, a hospital, and I was listening to the last episode of Gerblins when I went to go to the hospital, and when I was leaving, they they launched to the moon base. So, like, the whole thing... With fire the fi- the the Phoenix fire gauntlet and Phandalin burning and the bottom of the well, <clears throat> and then going with Carrie up to the moon base, right It was all I remember exactly where I was, and it's funny because it's like imprinted in my head as this like significant moment in the podcast when I was like, "Oh, this is cool, right And then <clears throat> I was kind of cool on it for a little bit. I was listening to like audiobooks. I think I was listening to Lord of the Rings at the time, and then, um. I remember I was listening to the interlude, the first lunar interlude where they had to fight the trolls in the uh, arena. The Giants, yeah. Yeah, the Proving Ground, whatever that was. What was that? The Initiation. Trial of Initiation, yeah. yeah. Which is
1: now available to play. Yes. It's a module, by the way.
0: And um, you can, yeah, and and you can go and play that right now. Well, (laughs) don't um, listen to this. After you finish the podcast. (laughs) But. I remember I was listening to that when I was picking my mom up from the airport and I I was stuck in the sort of like circle you drive in while you're waiting to pick people up and I was just listening through that and that, I remember that was another specific moment I remembered and then I stopped listening Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for a little while and then I went on this road trip to Nashville Mm -hmm. and it was a 12 hour drive there and a 12 hour drive back. At least, it was like 13 actually hours there and like 14 back. So it was a long-ass drive, and I I listened through all of Rockport Limited and all of Pedals to the Metal, and actually the last episode of Pedals to the Metal ended exactly when I rolled into my driveway and got home, like it was perfectly timed. Mm. And I fell in love with The Adventure Zone, And the weirdest thing about that road trip and listening to The Adventure Zone and all of that was on my road trip back from Nashville, I went through West Virginia on a major highway Mm -hmm. that cut straight through Huntington. Huntington. I drove straight through Huntington, West Virginia while listening to The Adventure Zone Pedals to the Metal while driving, which was the greatest experience because you feel really part of that. And I remember when Geralt came out and I was like screaming, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and like, it was like a whole, it was, I felt like I was part of the adventure. And I think back at that road trip so fondly because I remember that was when I fell in love with this story and I fell in love with these characters and it was imprinted in me as a part of me. And yeah. after that, I listened to the rest of it ravenously. Like <laughs> as much as I could, I would stay up Just like sitting in my car At night in my driveway Listening to it because I didn't want to listen to it on Headphones in my room because I was worried I would go To sleep Mm -hmm. and I was like Just absolutely ravenous for This story and I burned through All of uh, The 11th hour and I burned through all Of Crystal Kingdom and I burned through and then I caught up right in the middle of the suffering Game and I remember right around That time I started looking at you know, some of the fan art, because I was finally getting caught up, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was, I fell behind a little bit again during the Stolen Century, and fan art started to become spoilery, and I was Uh-oh. like, ah, and so I, from that point on, I started to, like, really, really keep myself caught up, and yeah. it was a... It was an adventure. I feel like I and I feel like that's a huge part of it for me was like I felt like I went on the adventure with them. Yeah. It was a part of me. I was really immersed in it and like I just absolutely fell in love with the show. And that was that was my experience with the adventure zone. So mm-hmm. what was yours?
1: Um similar but different. Um so I got into the Adventure Zone in January of 2016. Same time you did. Um, and I was a freshman in college. Starting my second semester of school, I was living in Oklahoma City at the time. Um, I was very far away from home. Uh, and while also being a full-time double major in musical theater and opera performance, uh, I also got my first service job working at chick-fil-a 25 hours a week so i was a full-time student from nine to four every day and then worked from five to ten every night um and i was exhausted and depressed and so i found the adventure zone while scrolling through tumblr i found some fan art and i had seen <clears throat> all of these things about it everywhere and i I was like, "Who is this goddamn wizard named Taco? <laughs> Who names their character Taco? What is this? This I have to listen to this because this looks bizarre." And the other thing is, I saw the the gays, and I went, "Okay, uh, Gotta yeah, watch the gaze. I'm here for queer content." Um, Actually, quick amendment.
0: I started in January of 2017. I'm thinking back now because I was not working at the movie theater in 2016, so. Just wanted to throw that back out there. So you did well, have the edge on me.
1: Well, then let me think. No, then it was to the 2017 for me too. You're right. 2016 was the year I graduated high school, so that's right. Yes. So 20 20- January of 2017. I've got my dates all screwy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm. It's hard for me to like wrap my head around that next January is going to be 2019.
0: <laughs> right. Well, it also the thing about the Adventure Zone is it feels like such an integral part of my life right now. Yeah. I can't believe I've only listened to it for like a year and a half.
1: Uh, yeah. Like, honestly, say, like. It feels like,
0: it feels like it's been. A, it's made it me who like I a story am I today. Grew
1: up with. Yeah, like it's made me from from the time I started listening to it to now. It has made me the person I like. I have become a different and better person because I'll get into that later. But yes, we'll um, talk about that. We'll talk about all that. So I I started listening to it um, because I just needed some escape. I needed something because I was majorly depressed and did nothing for fun. I would come home and sleep, like that was it. I would. Sleep, get up, go to school, mm-hmm. go to work, come home, sleep. And my weekends were just sleep. <laughs> I didn't I don't know, I don't even remember when I did homework. It was in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um and so it got to the point where I spent my weekends in bed with my headphones in my ears every weekend, just binging the adventure zone. Like I remember distinctly like multiple Saturdays where I just laid in bed, not doing anything, just staring at the ceiling. Because if I did anything else, like scroll Twitter or Tumblr, I would zone out and not hear. And then I'd have to go back. So I would just lay there and just listen. Uh, And it was great. And I uh, would, like, listen on my way to class. I would listen at lunch and dinner, like, in the cafeteria. I would listen when I was driving to and from work. I have very distinct memories of driving to and from the (laughs) Chick-fil-A Uh, I, I remember the first time I heard Dupree was on my way to work. Dupree, Dupree. and I was like, "Oh no, man!" Because I had to pause right mm-hmm. after that happened, and I was like, "No!" Ugh. I was so mad. Dupree, <laughs> um, but yeah, I finally got caught up in February or March-ish. Probably mm-hmm. no, it was fe- like it was the beginning of February because th- once I was caught up i started i opened my server i started my server awful squad chilladelphia shout out to my fam um i started that server and then i like went on tumblr and i was like anybody else who's a fan of the adventure zone come join this strictly taz server and now it's like everything in between it's all macroys, all podcasts all tv shows all the time um and a whole shit ton of D and Games. I think my first D D game was actually with the folks on there, which was really cool. Um, that's the other thing. Like this podcast got me into D D, which I like big way. In a big way. I in but, a big way. Big way. Like I. Here's the thing. Is like I had heard of Dungeons and Dragons for sure. Uh-huh. I had definitely heard of it, and it was that like dweebus thing. Like you know how in the podcast they say like, oh you know we play Dungeons and Dragons which is really nerdy, but at least they're still larping so we're like not that level of nerdy. <laughs> I, that was me but with D&D. I was like, right. oh, you know I really like like I really like video games and I really like Star Wars, but at least I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, you know, like right. um but then there was that like secret part inside of me that was like, oh man, I wish I could play, but I don't have anybody that would play with me and like I don't even know had a play and like I've never heard of it and so whatever so I started playing D&D uh, shortly after I got into the Adventure Zone um, yeah and I like you I have like it, distinct memories of like certain places I was when certain things happened um, <laughs> I remember one night I was out late after work and I didn't want Chick-fil-A again so I went to Wendy's because that's so much better um, and I needed to return some books to the local library, and so I was driving from the Wendy's to the library, and uh, it was the scene where Taco swindles Garfield for the flaming, raging, oh. poisoning sword of doom. Yes. Uh, and I drove... I drove no I didn't have to stop by the library but I pulled into the library and stopped because I was worried I would crash my car because I was so mind fucked like I could not I didn't see it coming and I pulled into the library and was like holy shit and then I spilled my french fries on the floor and had to clean them up because I was (laughs) so I just was like Justin my dude what like wow i strive to play D the way justin mcelroy does i never will but i it's wish it's pretty
0: magnificent
1: it's pretty fantastic it's so oldest sibling too
0: oh yeah like
1: it is so oldest sibling fucks with youngest sibling like as a yeah like as someone i'm about who to break from,
0: your stupid game yeah
1: <laughs> right as someone who comes from a family of three They Mm -hmm. are so typical, oldest, middle, youngest. And it's so clear in the adventure zone because, you know, Griffin's that, like, youngest child who's like, okay, I made this fun thing for you. And Travis is like, well, look at me. I'm gonna attack five times. (laughs) You know, middle child, always wanting attention. And then Justin's, like, sits back and just waits. And then he mic drop, you know, and does the really cool,
0: like... (laughs) Just sits back, waits, and then just, like, pushes over.
1: (laughs) Right, he just, like... Right, exactly. Oh, so good! And then Clint is the dad. I just I love yeah. Clint so much. I can't even.
0: <clears throat> He's very good. Oh. He's the fandom's dad, um, which is great. Um, so he...
1: I, we didn't mention so, okay. this, but they so the Griffin is the DM, which we mentioned yes. that. And then uh, Justin plays a wizard, an elf, elf high elf wizard named Taco. Yes. Travis plays a human fighter named Magnus Burnside's, and Clint mm-hmm. plays a dwarf. Plant cleric who worships yes. Pan named Merle High Church. Yes. Merle Hightower taco, High Taco, by the way, Taco's long.
0: last name canonically is Taco. I yeah, have it, to is. Say
1: that. taco it is. Taco, They're Taco. They're spelled taco. differently. Yes. It's and
0: No, no. It's t-a-a-k-k-t-a-a-k-o and T A C C O. Is it? I'm pretty sure. But you can challenge me on that. Tweet, I, tweet I don't, I, at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go well. ahead. At me. At Hey Stews. Go ahead. Don't, no. Um, don't do that. But um. So the yes. They they play these characters and actually they were pre built characters except for Magnus I think.
1: Oh yeah. No. Travis had played D and D multiple times. if so yeah. He went all in.
0: He went all in on this <laughs> and had this huge backstory which was which comes into play in a major way. Oh um, yeah. But
1: they changed so, it a lot from what I understand. But yeah. So,
0: the game starts out normally, um, mm-hmm. you know, and as it progresses throughout the thing, basic the basic plot line of it is, there are these seven magical artifacts that um, are too powerful to be left alone, and
1: they our need three to be adventurers destroyed. set off right. to
0: go do something inane, really. But uh, they the person they're been contracted by was. Uh, sort of using them to get to this artifact, and then they get to the artifact, and he takes it, and he's super powerful. Along the way, they meet a very gay German spider wizard. Um, oh, Magic who... Brian, I thought you Magic were gonna Brian say Killian, best. but N- well, they're also a very gay. Uh, is she a half orc or a full orc? Full orc, I think. I think she's all orc all the time, baby. All Too orc, much all orc the for time. you to handle. Um, and uh, <laughs> so uh. She so they meet uh, Killian along the way, who works for a an organization called the Bureau of Balance. And after uh, the dwarf uh, cousin of Merle um, goes crazy and burns an entire town into a sheet, a, a round sheet of black glass, mm-hmm. um, they are hired for some reason <laughs> by the uh, Bureau of Balance to be um, reclaimers. Well, that uh, reason
1: is revealed later. I mean, yes. At yes. the time, it's for some reason.
0: Right. And they get, uh, they're hired as reclaimers. And so their purpose in the whole arc, the whole ser- series, is to go into these incredible missions to find these artifacts that have fallen into the hands of people who are misusing them. Right. And these artifacts are sh- extremely powerful and have a sort of um, a uh, uh, what's the term? Um, just like a Je hypnotic. No, well, a je No, I know what you mean. They have a certain je <laughs> about their evilness. They have
1: um, a, no, they do. They have a, a thrall.
0: A thrall. There is a thrall around them that is hard to resist, but for some reason, for some hey reason. Hey, buddy. Uh, these three yokels. Um, hey, buddy, use me. These knuckleheads. Become that, all Powerful. Um, Hey, come on! i'm' me, come on. It's me, Joe it's... Pesci from from Home Alone. Um,
1: every I, I am every artifact except the one that's a little girl.
0: Every artifact except the one that's a little girl is me, Joe Pesci. Um, and so they, uh, these three yokels, for some reason (wink, wink) are unable are the only ones who are able to touch the artifacts at all and not be held under their thrall. And so they um, they go off and they start collecting these artifacts working for the Bureau of Balance where there's all these wonderful, colorful characters like Avi, who is the head of security, and Johan, and Johan who takes care of the void fish, Devenport. which is a fish, it's a jellyfish that can it's a eat knowledge. Jellyfish that it's a, knowledge. It's a space
1: jellyfish that eats knowledge.
0: It's a space jellyfish that eats knowledge and erases it from existence. Uh, and of course, Lucretia, the director of the Bureau of Balance. All right, go ahead, baby, and gush. <laughs> I love her. I'm dating a Lucretia apologist and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm to a apologize Lucretia apologist
1: it. and I will not fucking apologize for it at me At me <laughs> Lucretia did nothing wrong Lucretia did nothing wrong um, I will go to my grave
0: She did what she thought was right That is not to say she didn't do anything wrong but she did what she thought was right Listen She was not malicious and no. she did not intend for to the To hurt anyone. The, she didn't intend. She she was she was doing what she thought was right um after having been traumatized by surviving a year on a planet of things that were trying to kill her. By alone. herself, yes. Uh because if she died, they would have all died and she became hardened and twisted by that. Yes. Um So that being said, I love her. These uh that's Down the line, so they go through the 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 six seven arcs, six arcs, the six arcs. Here they be Gerblins, which is the beginning, right? Then Murder on the Rockport Limited, which is a murder mystery on a train, uh, sort of like Murder on the Orient Express, which is where we meet Angus McDonald. My boy, (laughs) my boy. We named our uh, our son (laughs) after him. We have. We have a plush, uh, we have a plushy stuffed fat Anubis stuffed animal that we have made our son because Maybe we have a long distance relationship. you want to tell him the story. Yes, we have a long distance relationship, and so as a part of that, we have this stuffed animal that we got the first time we were able to be together in person in New Jersey. Uh, you flew up, and we went to a D and D store. Uh, because we're nerds like that. Yep. And we went to the D&D store. We were looking around, and there was this shelf of plush animals. And on the very bottom, bottom shelf, right by the floor, was this little fat plush Anubis. Which, and, trust me,
1: we will put lots and lots of pictures up on the Twitter if yes, you want them.
0: We will. He's adorable. Um, and we have lots of pictures. We have tons. Um, so, and all of the pictures have stories. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we... We're like looking around, and we kind of glanced at him a little bit. And then the store clerk, seeing a couple of gays walk into his D and D store, and being the best sales clerk in the world, ever went, oh, "That poor fat Anubis, nobody wanted him." And we said, "We'll take him. We want him.
1: <laughs> we want him. That's our son. You're talking about." Yeah, those are words you cannot say to gays. <laughs> like, "Fuck you, you. Take my money."
0: <laughs> and so we we said fuck you take my money and he took our money
1: and so and on our walk home we were cradling him and throwing him up in the air and looking and at him all enduringly feet. oh my gosh his little feet
0: <laughs> and we named him Ango because
1: um, we decided he was the purest softest goodest boy
0: yes he's not actually named Angus McDonald his name nah, is actually just Ango. Ango but he's the cutest little boy and he's I love him so much
1: Squish. Uh,
0: Squish <laughs> sorry I love I love our boy Tummy nose. We push his little nose into his tummy, and we yell "tummy nose." Anyway, <laughs> I love sorry boy. for that cute break. Oh but uh, anyway, so the well, uh, speaking
1: of inanimate objects named after characters from this show, my car is named Killian, and on the dashboard is a blue plush dragon named Carrie.
0: Yes, and <laughs> we're considering naming my car Lucretia, but yes. we'll, uh we're we're still in the su- in the naming phase of my car. But it's probably well, it's... going to be something from the Adventure Zone, if I'm honest. Oh yeah. So, um, that being said, uh, we meet Angus McDonald. We meet oh, what's her name? The the battle axe lady. Uh,
1: Jess the beheader.
0: Jess the beheader. We meet Juicy Wizard, and we meet, of course, Jenkins oh, and Jenkins. Um, Graham and the engineer. Graham, yes, the engineer, and we meet all these wonderful people along the way. And it, uh, and then that's that's Rockport Limited. And then the next uh, arc was Petals my personal favorite, "Petals to the Metal," which uh-huh. is a Fast and the Fury. First, it's a sort of like sneaking around the city, um, fight up a tower, and like against plants and like tree ants and all sorts of stuff. And then they break into a garage to steal an artifact, a and battery. then they schmooze their way in there, and then beat the shit out of everybody and then save their friend from the first arc, Clark, and then oh, Clark. Get, yeah. the, uh, get the arcane core to drive their car. Then, in the same arc, they go back to uh, their friend Sloane, who is a uh, halfling monk, which was, when I, when I heard her come into the story, I, that was the moment I said, mm, I'm playing as a monk, um, <laughs> and because uh, oh, they're just really cool. And they not only can they fight, but they can also heal with like their cool monk key magic. Monk key magic. Monkey magic. Ha, and uh ha, ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> Thanks. We'll be here all night. <laughs> and um that uh the oh, and the the previous artifact from Rockport Limited was the Oculus, Psst. right? Yes. Which is an illusion magic artifact. Psst. The one from Gerblins was a Phoenix Fire Gauntlet. Yes.
1: The reason you wanted to play Piper is the same reason I wanted to play Noel. Oh, because I listened to Clint play a cleric, and I went, "Oh, I could do this really good." Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Daddy, I love you. I'm so sorry. You're just don't really don't call bad. Clint Daddy. He is. Well, uh, but no, wait. he's our dad. I'm sorry. He's our dad, but we can't call him daddy, sweetheart. Uh, baby, it's not a sex thing. I know,
0: but I'm sorry that my generation ruined the word dad.
1: I call my dad daddy. I know, and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm You're really sorry. You're making me sad
1: now. I'm gonna go cry.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I ruined. I'm sorry. My generation ruined the word dad. You guys
1: ruined it.
0: I know. I'm Get sorry. Out of here. We should start a campaign here now <laughs> in The Good Boys Girls. Let's make Daddy not kinky again. I'm gonna get red hats with white text that says make daddy not kinky again. Make, and that's, make daddy normal again. Yeah, make daddy good again.
1: Yeah, there it is. That's the one. Midga. <laughs> Midga. Midga.
0: Um, make daddy good again. <laughs> Oh, but that's that hits a little too close oh. oh no. Oh no, we got sad again. Anyway, Clint's our dad. Um and he's everyone's dad. But yeah. mostly he's the McElroy's dad. <laughs> I'd hope so. I'd hope so too. But um yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, Pedals man. Pedals to the Metal is a crazy race car, wacky racers, Fast and the Furious, Mad Max-style racing battle game. Yeah. And then it, it ends with them fighting a giant vine monster in a tornado. Oh, hell yeah. Because D&D no. is a great game you get to play with your friends. Oh, God. And that. then... Yeah, I know. It's great. And then the 11th hour, mm, which no, is No, Crystal Kingdom. Was Crystal Kingdom before? Yeah, you're right. Yes. Crystal Kingdom, which is a puzzle-solving maze adventure... Through a crystal world where if you touch anything, you die or yeah. you slowly turn into crystal, which is yep. where Merle loses his hand. And then mm-hmm. of course there's, uh, that's the uh the philosopher's stone. The previous one was the Gaia Sash, which lets uh-huh. you control nature. Philosopher's stone lets you turn anything into anything. Uh-huh. And then the next one is the Eleventh 11th hour, hour, which is which a, is th- which so is a good. Majora's Mask time loop game where they Groundhog have to... Day. Yeah, they yeah. have to solve within a like, few hours, they have to solve his time puzzle. and but they live uh, and the same few
1: hours over and over and over again.
0: Yes, in the same town, and then they have to liberate the town from their time loop by <clears> taking <throat> the, the temporal chalice, which is an artifact that controls time. I think, actually, um, it's
1: just one hour. That's why it's called the 11th hour, because they have from 11 right, a.m. to 11 12 p.m. Yeah. yeah,
0: And then... Um,
1: it's Wild West, just like a spaghetti western. Yeah, it's great. It's real great. And then there's
0: a, a a crazy orc
1: lady. So cool. Um, I love that it goes from real like space barrels. <laughs> I love that it goes from like sci-fi science science fiction fantasy floating science lab in the sky to, to uh, old a old west old west town in a gorge somewhere. And then it goes
0: to crazy demon circus. Yeah, suffering, suffering game, game. Which
1: I think is the first one
0: that I was like... Because, no, 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 no. 11th Hour was the first arc that made me feel. Yeah. Because that's the arc with Julia.
1: Oh, damn. Why'd you have yeah. to remind me? That oh. was the
0: arc with Julia where we we where we get to experience Magnus's backstory.
1: I don't know. Crystal Kingdom was... It was for me that was the beginning of the like gut wrenching stuff, yeah. Because that had I don't the know, mom even stuff. Petals to the Metal had some stuff in it because of um Hurley and Sloan dying. That was the first time I actually, cried. you're right,
0: Hurley and Sloan that when they become the tree, that, that was, the, was first the first time, first time I, I, cried. I cried. That was the first time I cried in the yep. Adventure Zone, and
1: then um Crystal Kingdom with Lucas and his mom. I didn't cry, but it made me really. Really emotional, and then eleventh yeah. hour with Julia. I was just—it was like I was—I was gone. Was I was just, done. It
0: was just because because Travis cried.
1: Oh yeah, man. I mean, when Tra- so like oh man, when
0: when oh, your oh, when your man. guide through the world is crying, you're like, I guess I'm supposed to cry now. Um, and then of course there was the suffering game. Yeah, which was a slog. Trip- that was oh, man. brutal. And Griffin was. I want. I wonder sometimes if Griffin. Feels bad about the suffering.
1: No, he doesn't actually. He put up a post on Tumblr about it because people were tweeting at him incessantly about, like, how could you do this? You're just, it's just torture porn and you're just like tearing your characters up. And he's like, I mean, yeah, guys, my characters are super wicked OP. I wanted to put them through something that was going to be like super hardcore before we move on to the next. Cause like we were getting to the climax and he knew that. Right. You know, like he no. There's a there's a great he put a great post up on the Adventure Zone Tumblr. If That's you've ever wondered about that, go read that
0: post. He has a whole. I will because it's not so much about like <clears throat> about narratively feeling bad. Because like yeah. yes, I understand the purpose of the suffering game. I think about like like because. I don't know. Maybe he probably has a better separation in his head from work and reality. But yeah. when I'm working with people I'm that close with, and put them through something like that, I have a certain level of empathy that hurts me to like be like, "I'm sorry," like you know, "I'm doing this to you," and like, "I'm not enough of a sadist." And I'm not saying that Griffin is a sadist, but I'm saying yeah, yeah. that I'm not enough of a sadist to put someone through that and be like, "Ha ha ha!" Like, like, um, a person oh no, pl- I mean, he doesn't. A person like... we play D anD D with, Miles. He would love doing that. He right. would get joy out of doing that. And I'm right. sure he doesn't enjoy it.
1: No. And I'm sure he's he also proud like, of the story. He's not like apologizing for it either. You know what I mean? Right.
0: No, absolutely. But I just, I wonder, I I always wonder about what artists think behind this, behind the scenes, how they're feeling about the art they're making. Sure. Because like, you know, you look at Francis Ford Coppola making um apocalypse now and yes i brought francis ford coppola and apocalypse now into a discussion about a D podcast at me um well i mean know, it apocalypse destroyed his life. Now,
1: apocalypse now is a uh tabletop role playing game but you know <clears throat> anyway Are you yes uh, yes
0: Are you... <laughs> 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 i told you i'd bring it back um <laughs> So but that movie like killed him. Like it 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 absolutely destroyed him. It, it it derailed his whole like perspective on life. So like and I'm not saying that this would have done that to them. It's a it's a funny, you know, but sometimes deep really meaningful D&D podcast that they made, but the process of making art can affect the artist. And so I just I often wonder about how they feel cuz I know I know that Travis in like going through the whole Julia thing was, he said this in the the Adventure Zone zone, you know, it reminded him and all of them about their mother. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, a, a profound moment for them. And that carries through in the art, like yeah. in the actual show itself, mm-hmm. um, which is- Well, and you know,
1: I, here's the thing about that is like, I didn't, I had always been like, where's the McElroy mom? Like, why doesn't she get yeah. to be on the podcast? And then when they talked about that in the, the Adventure Zone Zone, you can ask foo. I cried for like an hour. Yeah. Just because of my empathy, I just was like, I had no clue. And so like, I and then you know everything like clicked in my head seeing yeah. all of like ha- who they are as people and like the
0: relationship with their father with yeah, each other Yeah with each
1: other and like also all of the stuff that inspired them in making this beautiful narrative together and like all the stuff yeah. that their characters went through it mm-hmm. made so much more sense and I was everything like everything locked oh, into place Man and then it and hurt a lot yeah. I was like oh god And oh, that's no. <laughs> I think
0: that's where the metal met the the, what the no wait the rubber met the road yeah <laughs> not the metal. Um, I mean well, metal maybe. can
1: meet road too, but that's a little more. That's a little sparky. bit more,
0: yeah, a little finicky. <laughs> I don't want to drive no train on a road. No, thank um, you. <clears throat> no, thank you, sir. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So that being said, then after the suffering game, they have been you know wounded and and marred and all of that stuff. Um, and ugly-fied, um, on Taco, who's not ugly. He's just less good looking. That's <laughs> yeah. my favorite part about no, no, Taco's sacrifice. No, he's just sacrifice. normal.
1: He's just, just normal. Plain. He's a normal average
0: looking dude and he's like, Which, ah,
1: because- horrible. <laughs> well, because he's a high elf, you know, he's probably still pretty gorgeous. Like, it's yeah. the thing. He's probably yeah. still more beautiful than a regular human. Yeah. Like, and so he, but, he has a, a, can- a glamour cantrip that he casts on himself 24 right, And seven. so, in order
0: to, yeah, he had a cantrip. <laughs> so he just continually casts his cantrip to keep himself pretty. <clears throat> and then he, <laughs> he has fuck. to reveal that to, to Kravitz later, who's like, yeah. oh, you don't really look that much different. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then. Comes the stolen century, which is my favorite arc. The stolen century is probably the most narratively fulfilling,
1: yeah, bit
0: <sighs> of podcast I've ever listened to, ever, ever
1: of any. I mean, anything of anything like. Movies, books, TV shows. Yeah, no. Of uh, yeah,
0: it was probably one of the most narratively fulfilling experiences of my life. Yeah, like you know, I've gotten close to that with some TV shows. Yeah, like I'd put it at the really level close with of Buffy. the last half of the last season of Breaking Bad of tying mm-hmm. up loose ends and like putting stuff together and making it click and like putting characters and reasons and backstory the yeah. reason Magnus wears a bear mask like yeah. these
1: subconscious well, things and the, that... and the mongoose masks for mm-hmm. Taco and like just yeah. oh man and like everything about yeah. it just God.
0: it 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 in small details up to
1: huge
0: moments and is, like
1: It's a perfect balance of, like, (laughs) it's a perfect balance of, thank you. It's a perfect balance of, like, sweet, loving, wonderful moments, and then, like, absolutely gut-wrenching, like, Like
0: horrible. Who? And then also hilarious moments. And then, actually, I'm going to save that for a little bit. Um, Yeah. But... So the Stolen Century ties everything together about how where they where these adventurers came from, where Taco, Magnus, and Merle and Lucretia were all together and right. Davenport, who was a gnome who could only speak in his own name. His name like and- a Pokemon like a Pokemon who was actually their captain and mm-hmm. then uh loop who was tacos lost sister that he forgot about.
1: And, and Barry, Barry blue, blue jeans, jeans who was their
0: original guide from the very first episode that they gave a lot of shit to. Mm-hmm. And then he turned out to be, and,
1: and Griffin kept going, he's never coming back. He's never coming back. Stop asking. He's never coming back. That and then that fucking one liar moment,
0: that fuck. No, that line. Sturdy I, denim blue sturdy denim and blue i re listened to the podcast recently I after screamed. i had gotten my my balance symbol tattoo yeah and i was looking Did at it Did you re listen to the whole thing i re listened to the whole thing i oh, damn I, I missed
1: that somehow
0: <laughs> <laughs> i um i got to that episode and as i was listening to that moment i looked at i was actually looking at my tattoo and thinking to myself is this show really so important to me that i've put it on my skin in ink forever A little late for that thought baby right no i mean i i put i bring i bring these into my mind every once in a while to just sure. like test my resolve and then he said sturdy denim and blue and i i smiled and laughed and started crying with joy i was like i knew it was going to happen but i was so stoked in the moment and i was like yeah yeah
1: I do it's want this it. on
0: my skin forever. Yeah, worth it. Worth In it. fact, it's I'm getting is. another
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got birds.
0: And Then I got seven birds on my arm. And um, We'll that's... have to put
1: up a picture of your tattoo at the moment. Unless you yes. want to wait until it's finished, which is going to be a while. I'm going to wait until
0: it's fu- finished. It's going to be a little bit, but anyway. Well, we'll
1: definitely put up a picture of our uh, Bloop Jeans cosplay because that was fun. Yes,
0: we will. That was gay and fun. Um,
1: well, so... not gay because they're straight, but Yes.
0: No, baby, they are. We're gay, so that's gay.
1: <laughs> okay, I see.
0: Um, so, baby, you did drag to be a straight couple with okay, me, your right. your trans girlfriend. <laughs> baby, do you have any idea how gay that is? <laughs> any way you slice it, it's gay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs>
0: this is the gayest thing I've ever seen. Anyway.
1: I cut my hair for the cosplay.
0: You didn't. No, you didn't. You cut it because you're gay.
1: <laughs> Don't tell my
0: mom. <laughs> <laughs> she already knows it.
1: No, I know, but no. Uh... Anyway, well, that's another conversation. If if your mom is listening
0: this far into our good boys girls, uh, she's not. Then she doesn't welcome. know it exists. Hello. Hi mom. Um, hi. Um,
1: also, so, okay. So I wanna. Backtrack for a second before we move on to story and song. Yeah. Um, Stolen Century is my favorite arc.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I know we said we were going to wait to get through all the plot stuff before we brought up music. um, But I just want to talk about it really quick because Stolen Century, I think, was like a huge turning point for me as an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, So I mentioned before, I think in our preview episode... Um, that the adventure zone was the reason I started writing music again and when I say that that's not like a fun like thing that I just say that's like that's very true mm-hmm. um I'm actually going to pull up receipts on myself right now if my internet will work okay so um, you've told me before like
0: you know that you had lost interest that you didn't because you also have. Pretty bad imposter syndrome, like Griffin does.
1: Terribly so, yes. Uh, So so for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's basically when you do something, like you make an art or anything, and you put it out there, and then the whole time you're going, you're a fake, you're a fake, they're going to figure out that you're fake and that you're lying and it's not real, and nothing you make is real because you did it digitally, and so that makes it fake, and you didn't do it on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's just your brain being like, you're worthless and not, a real and artist, so
0: Griffin, helped you a tremendous amount in that regard alone because he talked about that exact experience, and then also th- being inspired by the music of the Adventure Zone and the Adventure Zone itself, right? And a story, you, and launched and then, you into making yeah. these these folk songs. Well, that have and gotten
1: more a good th- amount
0: of response well, online. Yeah,
1: I mean more than just the folk songs too. Like because you know mm-hmm. Griffin even goes on to say like, I, I remember for a while when I was listening to the very early parts of the music, I was like, man, I wonder how he's writing these songs. I bet you it's in GarageBand. Because I've been using GarageBand since I was like seven or eight years old. And you recognize some of the loops. And I recognize some of the loops and some of the, uh, some of the samples. And the I berries. was like, I, yeah, yes, some of the loops and some of the berries. And I was like, man, I bet you he's using GarageBand. And then he confirmed that for me. He was like, yeah, I use GarageBand. And I was like, oh, <gasps> He's doing he's doing this amazing music in a software that I have and have been using forever. So if what he's doing is so amazing to me in my eyes, then maybe I can do like stuff that's similar. So I started making electronic music again, um, and I made a couple things that I'm super proud of. Um, I arranged a cover of Crystal Kingdom. I like made the uh, uh, the accompaniment track for myself and sang, um, and then I wrote my very first song about a year and a half ago called come to the garden, which is a song from Magnus to Julia. It's a folk which song in three my parts. Heart. Yeah. It's a, it's very good. And honestly, I'm going to be 100% totally transparent right now. I just wrote it. Like I just wrote the song and then put it out there. And then all my friends went, Hey, this song made me cry. And I went, why? I didn't write it sad. And they went, Oh, the end verse is very sad. And it makes me think of him burying Julia and standing over her grave. And I went, Huh? I guess it is that. So then I started presenting yeah. it. I started presenting it as a, a story in three acts. So them meeting and then them getting married and then him coming back to Raven's Roost and finding it destroyed. It's um, heart
0: wrenching, <clears throat> baby. Thanks.
1: Um, and then I had to stop myself when you were playing
0: it at the convention from sobbing next to you.
1: <laughs> you should have. I would have been honored. I wanted tears. I, uh, I, I was in front off of a bunch of, them. of drunk
0: strangers squeaking
1: ducks. I feed Shout out off to of the it. uh
0: the Dragon Con Filk <laughs>
1: shout community. Out, shout, I, you guys were awesome. That was so fun. They that were was amazing. My, my 21st birthday, they gave me my very first jello shot. It was radical. If someone's out there who was there
0: by any chance, and also <laughs> Who knows the guy and the contact information who sang the Daenerys Targaryen song. Oh, Please get it to us because it's get been stuck in my head
1: info! ever since. Yeah, i You know, I'm gonna remind me after this is over. I'm gonna go on the Facebook page and see if I can yeah, find we him. Yeah, have to figure that out because I'm, I'm going. It's killing insane. me, man. We, you and I, need to cover that together.
0: Uh huh. That'll anyway. be our first
1: Blue Rose song. Anyway, uh, so the, yeah then Flip Wizard happened, which blew up. I don't even know. It is, I think
0: 18,000 listens right now. Yeah.
1: 18, 18 and a half thousand listens, which is wild. Um, And then Tale of the Plant Cleric, which was my Merle song. So I went, uh, I had written a, I had written a Magnus and a taco song. And I was like, I need to write something for Merle because he deserves it. Um, And so this was, that was around the time that uh, Stolen Sentry had finished up. Uh, And then, uh, No, it was around the time that Suffering Game finished up and I wrote Plant Cleric. And then Stolen Sentry happened and literally the first episode happened and I went, oh my God, I have to write a song. Oh my God, I have to write a song. And I had this chord progression that I had saved. And I was like, I I saved this chord progression because it was really awesome and I loved it. I was really proud of it. And I was like, I want to do something really good with this chord progression. And... Then the first episode of Soul and Century happened and I was just like, the words just like started coming to me and I started writing them down and I was just like, I have a melody, I have words, I have all these things. And my friends in my group chat were like, well, wait, why don't you wait? Cause what happens if you write a song and then you put it out and then new episodes happen and then the song's not canon anymore. And I was like, honestly, at this point, I don't care because I'm so proud of this song and how it turned out. That song is carry on by the way. Um, and it, Mm -hmm. Still, to this day, it's probably my favorite song that I've ever written, Uh, and it's not as popular as I wish it was, because I'm so proud of it.
0: I dearly love it. It is probably one of the best fiction folk songs that I'm aware
1: of. Oh, baby. You just saying that because I'm your girlfriend. No,
0: granted, it's not a large amount of fiction folk songs that I know, Sure, but- Yours that song is the best because I'm a fan of the work, and it's also like I'm a fan of what it's about, and also I'm a fan of you, and also uh. it's it carries an emotional weight to it that i
1: yeah well, and i think I, my... I I
0: strive to capture in my music, which I haven't been able to do ever, and so uh, like
1: that's not true,
0: no, it's true. I don't do very. I've I haven't written music that well in a long time. And well, here is the thing
1: that's funny about you saying that is like I always have struggled with lyrics. Like I do not consider myself a lyricist. If anything, I'm I do music, and that's like I'm not good at lyrics. But when it came to carry on, I felt like the the chorus of that is like the best lyrics I've ever written, and I was so proud of myself because there is a line that goes, uh, "Racing against time, wielding body, heart, and mind."
0: Very
1: good. Like when I came up with that I went, what god of inspiration reached into my brain and went, write this lyric now. Like I felt so blessed that I cuz they use a different play system in Stolen Century and instead of the normal D&D things, they have three uh three abilities that they roll for whether it's body, heart or mind. Those are their like three so it's just
0: you I are a genius, and I love you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I'm very proud of myself. Um, um, but, yeah, there's so, a whole ton more after that. My theme for Johan, I think, is great. It would be better if I had a real violinist at all real violinists out there. Hit me up if you want to help me. me recover that, um, please. Welcome to the at-me zone. <laughs> at-me. Welcome to the at-me zone.
0: Um, so I wanted to talk about... because. The Adventure Zone affected you musically in a Yes, please.
1: One. I've been talking about and, it for ages. Please share I your, to, your piece. I,
0: I wanted to talk about how this affected me as a podcaster and as a comedian and mm-hmm. as this show changed, utterly changed the way that I perform comedy and the way that I view comedy mm-hmm. and the kind of comedy I absorb. And it's been... One week since you looked at me. Um, I
1: knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You said it and I knew it. I love you. Continue. Uh,
0: it, it's it been a while. Um, God. Uh, no, it's Can been. Can you get one more in there? No. Um oh, dang it. has been, been. It's been. It's been. That's, that's the best I got. So. Um, <clears throat> oh. Oh, so, uh, goodness. No, I. After listening to The Adventure Zone, I had a realization for myself as a comedian as a podcaster and all this because i started listening to the adventure zone i was like this is a podcast it's funny goofums and a story and they do voices and there's fun guys and blue jeans and goblins and all kinds of oh he's racing and Clark is a big fuzzy guy he sounds like kelsey grammar and like <laughs> i like that was my you know absorbing of it and then I started to like cry at the the, the material and then I started mm-hmm. to get connected with the performers and then I got connected with the performance and I started to feel like I knew the characters because I mm-hmm. spent so much time with them and like it became this whole thing of like wow comedy can mean something yeah which is which sounds like yeah, well, duh but like For me and for a lot of comedians, we try to play to our audience. And it's a fact of being a comedian right now in 2018 that ironic detachment and sarcasm and all of this, uh, like all of this sort of detached, ironic comedy, Mm -hmm. is very prevalent. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was listening to, I was still studying at the Upright Citizens Brigade when i was listening to the rest of the adventure zone and i i started to blend the two together in my head of like comedy can mean something and i can still laugh after you've made me cry right and i can still cry in the midst of laughter and mm-hmm. my emotions aren't mutually exclusive, like, I don't have to watch, a movie doesn't have to be all sad or all funny. It can be both. And mm-hmm. a comedy routine can be serious at times and say something. I don't have to be funny all the time. I don't have to be funny all the time. And that mm-hmm. was a realization I had, was because I use comedy as a, as a shield. Shit. And I'm on all the time. I was on all the time. I was never, when I was around people interacting with them, I was always, make a joke, make a joke, uh, riff, make a joke. And by the time you met me, I had finally turned off. <laughs> I yeah, finally... no, I
1: remember, like, some of our very first conversations were you expressing to me your sickness with the, like, post-ironic humor.
0: Yeah, and, like, I, this show I credit with the turn in me of, like, not only can cuz i my other podcast snub dub which is currently on hiatus but i had a moment after i finished listening to the Stolen century and i finished listening to uh the finale where i kind of ruminated on it for a while for a couple of months and then
1: oh yeah cuz the finale happened in like august and then uh snub dub new year special was in december, december. of 2017
0: so, I had it. I had some time to like think on it, right? And then the Snubbed Dub New Year special came out, uh, December of 2017. Well, it came out I think on New Year's Day of sure. uh, 2018. <clears throat> but um, that was I. I took a turn, and I there was just this brief moment at the end of it with like a little bit of sincerity to it, and I really loved that, and people responded well to it. And so then I continued to have these like brief moments of sincerity and then more like moments of sincerity and openness within my performance. And so like there's a My Little Pony episode where I really get open about how I feel about my presentation and how I feel about myself and my self-worth. And at the end of it, I cry and thank my friends for helping me. And it was a podcast where we pretended we were ponies interacting with my little pony characters yeah. and there was a giant donkey named a giant ass and he solved his problems by fucking and like it was a big goofum pile but also (laughs) had this heart to it yeah and then after that we put out or just before that we put out prove me wrong yeah and that was my transgender princess musical which was phenomenal yeah which I'm extremely proud of and that has a heart to it as well as a lot of comedy and everything every episode of I put out after that had a mix of heart and comedy which is something I credit entirely to the adventure zone as a performer yeah. was I can make something that is funny, funny but still means something and can be classified as a comedy because right. it's not like serious 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 oh there's a joke it's comedy and then it has a heart. It doesn't need to be so detached. And that right. was that's what really inspired me as a comedian yeah, and as a It podcaster. can be
1: genuine, like heartfelt comedy rather than detached, aloof, ironic, you know, yeah, fat sarcastic. joke, fat joke, fat joke. Right.
0: Right. And like that made me very happy. Um and so that was a big part of the adventure zone for me. Now, um, We've talked about the story. Yeah, we've talked about um, the music. We've talked about the comedy. Um, now we need to talk about. This is a long podcast.
1: <laughs> this is long, but, but like we knew that was going to happen. I mean, this yeah. was.
0: This, this is the adventure zone. Yeah, there's this a was lot a big to deal go for through.
1: both of us and for a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot to unpack. So, characters, sure. Obviously, there's Taco Magnus. I mean, we've and touched on them a little bit. Yes, but you know, Taco is irreverent and in the beginning, kind of stupid and like um, very so aloof.
1: Kind of stupid.
0: Come on. Very stupid, and then sort of aloof and like like
1: detached and above it yeah. all and not yeah. willing to open up and yeah,
0: very closed off. And there's that wonderful article from Tumblr, um, of. Uh, how he used vocatives to distance himself. Oh yeah,
1: himself. that's a great one.
0: And then um, Magnus, who's like the big teddy bear, but he's kind of an idiot as well. They're all kind of idiots. Um, they, yeah,
1: but he's he's a <laughs> big the teddy running bear. joke about them needing a competent woman to come in and solve the situation <laughs> for them.
0: But um, he he's uh, you know he's a big doof and he's a big teddy bear. He's super lovable. He loves animals. And he's
1: the he's the like. Big Always brawny. first in line, yeah. Like Magnus to rushes the in, fight. yeah. Magnus rushes in. Taco and good Taco's out good here. out
0: here, and uh, M- uh, Merle rolled a two. <laughs> That's his catchphrase. Yep. Um. Actually, I would say his catchphrase is "God lied," but <laughs>
1: or the late Merle High Church rolled a five.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the late Merle High Church rolled a five. <laughs> um, but. Uh the late Merle High Church is um
1: <laughs> he's not dead,
0: yes. Not he's not dead somehow. Um, but he's Clint and he he's fabulous. <laughs> but he's kind of a dick, he's kind of a waster dad. Yeah. Like he's kind of a shitty dad. He loves his kids, but he's a shitty dad. He's really bad at not being Clint. Dad. We're talking about Merle.
1: Merle. No, Clint is awesome.
0: Not Clint. We're talking <laughs> not about to Merle. be
1: confused with Clinton Mackle. Yes. <laughs>
0: But um, yeah, Merle's kind of a shitty dad, loves his kids, really incompetent as a cleric, Yeah, um, but like really loves his friends. And he sees them as sort of his like found family and like loves spreading the word of Pan. Very religious, deeply (laughs) religious, (laughs) deeply
1: religious. Uh,
0: um, And then we have uh, uh, out of out of those three, then we have, of course, Lucretia, who is. The director of the Bureau of Balance. She started the Balance Bureau. Um, now, I wanted to get into Lucretia.
1: I've got some feelings.
0: Yeah, you got some feelings. So, Lucretia mm-hmm. is demonized by mm-hmm. the fandom because, you know, a plain look at the narrative would suggest that she is the reason why everything goes to hell at the end because she made yeah. a decision to wipe her comrades' memories of themselves and each other and robbed Taco of his sister and robbed Barry and Loop of their relationship mm-hmm. and you know robbed Davenport of everything but his name yeah and um well it was in and- arguably um you know arguably Taco rob- was robbed of his intelligence because so much of his life was wrapped up around Loop, loop. that when his memory was wiped from... Uh, when she was wiped from his memory, so was his memory of everything he ever learned.
1: Right, and he became um, an idiot.
0: Yes. A bumbling um, fool. A bumbling bumpkiss. But Lucretia, I'll let you take this. Uh,
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not really sure where you're going with this. I was just going to say that, like... She um you know, she did all these things because she thought it's what well, it's she thought it was what would be right. How do you say mm-hmm. that? English? Yeah, um, that was right. Okay. English is stupid. Um She
0: thought it she thought it was the right thing to do.
1: She thought it was the right thing to do. And she basically you know, they had that they had this disagreement. So they had made these in the Stolen Century arc, um, they Basically, the plot of that is they are chasing the light of creation from plane to plane, from universe to this universe. sort of
0: like mythical MacGuffin that you know, right. keeps and, the plot moving.
1: Right. And they're being chased by this big cloud, big black cloud called, that they call the hunger. And yes. the hunger, all the hunger wants to do is go from universe to universe and consume the light so that it can get stronger. Um, and so what they're trying to do is stop the hunger from destroying each planet that they visit by taking the light of creation for their for themselves and leaving. Right. Um, and, at, by, you know, by the time they start getting later and later in the cycles, they start getting around to, you know, like 70, 80. They, Barry and Loop, come up with this idea of what if we take the light and we break it into multiple pieces so that it's not as powerful and it's harder to find. Right. And so they break it into seven pieces and they put one because the light no, of that's creation the final has, arc.
0: That's not yeah, that's, seventy that, or eighty. That's right, right. the final
1: Well, but they come up with the idea since right. seventy or eighty and they finally get around to doing it in one hundred.
0: But Lucretia Well, wants so what happens use is the light of creation to create a ward.
1: Yes, but yes, yeah, she wants to make a protection spell. She wants to cut off the planet. From the rest of the planar from the rest of the planer system, to protect it from the hunger. Yes, and everybody's like, I don't know that we don't know that that's going to work, and like, there's no guarantee that that'll work, and it could only also, endanger if you the planet more. Cut
0: the planar system, then people can't die and go to the astral. Right, they can't plane, die and, and go to the astral plane,
1: and they won't be have access get, to magic anymore, yep. and it's just or the gods, it, or the gods. Yeah, it would just be, it would be tragic and terrible, and. Uh, also, you'd then trap the hunger outside and it would still be there like to right. go devour other things. You don't know what would happen outside of our bubble. So all we would be doing is protecting this planet. What about everybody else in the entire universe? Right. Um, and then
0: how powerful will the hunger get once it's consumed all of creation? And then how right. will your bubble hold?
1: Right. So the other six went through with making these... Relics, Artifacts. which are the seven yes. relics that the boys are chasing throughout the balance art. She did
0: as well. She made the white oak. She out. made one as these, well, right? She made the white. These... They
1: each have a relic they made. But what happens is when they get to they they're on this final planet, the relics they hide them because they realize how powerful they are. But then they start to get found, and mm-hmm. people start using them for bad rather than good because the thrall is too powerful, mm-hmm. and people start dying. And there's a little girl that well, turns a whole. Place into the the candy reason the and... Thrall is
0: powerful is because in order for the Light of Creation to be, it needs to be wanted. Right. It needs to be lusted after. And so they put the Thralls on them and they, they tried to hide them as best they could, but people were drawn by the power.
1: Right. And because the seven of them had worked with the Light of Creation so many times, the Thrall didn't affect them as much anymore because they'd beaten it so many times. Um, which is why the boys were most effective in destroying and finding and destroying the the relics. But the thing about Lucretia is it gets to the point where they're, you know, on this planet for a year and, you know, the hunger hasn't come yet, but, you know, it's getting worse and worse and more people are dying and she's like, it can't go on like this anymore. So she starts feeding... In secret, without telling anybody else, she starts feeding her journal entries of their cause that was all Lucretia was on the ship. She was the
0: lonely journal. Keep.
1: Well, yeah, she was, she was the person who was keeping a document of everything that happened. She, she, you know, she was just writing their memoirs basically. Right. Um, that was all she was ever supposed to be. And so the fact that she became such a crucial member of the team, much less like the leader is crazy. Um, I can't imagine like her internal monologue 110% of the time. Um, but she, so she takes these journals that she had written and she starts marking out pages and like crossing things off, um, th- things that they should keep, like their names and, you know, memories before and all that stuff. And then the parts that don't get marked, she feeds to the void fish and they forget. Um. So she, you know, she wipes their memories so that she can go find the artifacts without their. Interference. Interference, yeah, and so while that is not a great thing to do, honestly, it's like understandable, it's understandable. And from her opinion, it's com- from her perspective, it's completely justified because, like, Just to her, innocent people that. were dying because of stuff yeah. that they had made. It was their fault yeah. that all of these people were suffering. And, it was a
0: huge, crazy moral dilemma, and yeah. I, I salute Griffin for creating it because right. they actually had a choice to whether or not to do that in the stolen century. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that was a contingency for him early and on how the was end like, was going to go. Yeah, exactly, and like you know, he that was a crucial moment, and like they surprised him a lot of times with like you know this is a great thing about d and d podcasts is that choice is an element and so you don't know where the story's going to go. It's not like a scripted show and so right. Griffin gets surprised by his players sometimes like he was almost positive that um that Magnus was going to take the chalice yeah and try to go back and save Julia and he had so a was whole, I. I was sure he had a whole thing and he was completely baffled by the fact that travis turned it down.
1: Yeah, there's a whole Um, a whole arc that a whole plot line that we never got to see that mm -hmm. he had written a whole you know Google Docs somewhere. Same with the the scene in um, uh, suffering game when the rift opens up, and uh, who yeah he had a whole plot line where there's a whole plot line where Magnus and Kravitz fight souls in the astral plane. Um, but then fucking uh, what's the moment called? Arms outstretched. Arms outstretched happened
0: and like, there are these crazy moments of beautiful choice.
1: And it's
0: choice that I, you know, I've listened, all right, I don't want to start a flame Roy, but I've <laughs> listened to bits and pieces of Critical Role. Now, granted, I haven't immersed myself yeah. in it because it's
1: It's, it's, it's really, really hard to get into.
0: It's really inaccessible because it starts in media rest. In the middle, yeah. And every episode is unedited, three hours long with bathroom breaks. <laughs>
1: Oh and yeah, like, and background noise—it's so hard to hear and know what's going yeah. on. And as somebody who like, and like I, know I know already it gets have better attention. Later, yeah, I already have attention like, issues though. So like watching it mm-hmm. and then like or like hearing one side of the table having table discussion like under their breath while there's action going on at yeah. the same volume as like the action. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it, y'all. It's I, very I'm, I'm sure Critical Role is so good, but it is not for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't. But here's the thing, though. They are all, I think, with the exception of two of them that are husband and wife, I think, or brother and sister. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I, I have no don't idea. Get, don't get mad at me, please. Don't, don't This is at don't me. at us. <laughs> first time, welcome to the don't at me zone. Um, the first episode. But, um, no. I, the thing is, like, they're friends. They're friends. They're acquaintances. Mm-hmm. They're co-workers. Yeah. And, you know, they play D&D together, but
1: well, and they're all voice Travis, actors too.
0: Travis, Justin, Griffin, and Clint are family, right. and so when Magnus fell into the void, like into the portal, and he was getting sucked away, Taco was not Taco, and Magnus wasn't Magnus, and Merle wasn't Merle. Travis got sucked into a portal, and Justin and Clint tried to save him.
1: Right,
0: and it was this profound moment of like these. Boys are not just playing a game, they're also a family, and they got into character so much that, like, this panic set in of, like, what would I do for my brother? What would I do for my sons? Right. And Clint and Merle does, like, one of the first really powerful and moving cleric, competent, competent cleric Cleric moves he's ever done. And, With the you know, soul hand, the soul hand, and reached into the plane to catch them, and and J- J- Taco falls out of his body to go and catch Magnus, and it's it's not Taco Merle and Magnus, it's it's Travis or the DM, and Justin it's and Travis, Clint. Justin Griffin, and Clint. It is the McElroy brothers and their father, and it's that's why that moment is so powerful because. You're privy to
1: the family bond.
0: Vulnerable. Yeah. You're privy to a family. You're privy to this vulnerable and like intimate and like just pure moment of like family love. Mm-hmm. And it goes so beyond D. It is D
1: beyond.
0: <laughs> Not and
1: uh, yeah, we're not sponsored yet. Get at yet. us at me, at me. <laughs> at me. <laughs> but also, if anyone wants to sponsor us, that would be cool. That'd be we'll cool. will take Blue Apron.
0: Um, but Casper we're not sponsored mattress. by Blue Apron, we're not sponsored by Cap. Don't give them free advertising,
1: baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm just naming podcast brands. I don't know what you want from me. I want money from <laughs> them. <laughs> Soon, my angel. I
0: want money, um,
1: <laughs> and I want yeah. it
0: now. But that's what the Adventure Zone means to me. Yes, and that's what I think it means to a lot of people. And when we went to the live show, it was a room full of people who were there to be privy to this family right. bonding activity. And well, and we, to be a
1: part of it.
0: Yeah, we, it was a huge room of family bonding. It was a and big go, family reunion. Yeah, I mean, like, even when we were interacting with that one person who was DMing, who was who was cosplaying as DM. Griffin, oh, yeah. They were so he cool. Was, they were taking pictures of us and saying, ah, oh, my children, my children. And, like, there's a part of me that believed it. Like, we were yeah. all, and not, all right, now we're going to get into the cult of McElroy, but, like, there's a part of me that feels like, yes, we are all part of that family. Like, we right. are the children. We are, we're the children of Clint. <laughs> Well, children, and I was ma- but, I, but
1: but I was mentioning you today that there's this feeling, there's this vibe you have when you're talking to somebody else about a McElroy product and you're like getting in it with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just it is something I have never, never experienced in any other fandom mm-hmm. ever. <clears throat> like never have I ever felt like a brand new person I just met could potentially be my best friend. Like right. I had an awesome conversation with somebody on Twitter today and we made jokes about kid energy. And just like that little little tiny moment like lifted my spirits for or the like, rest of when the day. You,
0: when you found out that the people you were in your musical with, including your musical director, yes. was, were fans we're of it. We're super
1: into Tez. That's and all we talked about.
0: We, and then you made plans to meet up with them at Dragon Con. Yeah. And... Nick and I uh,
1: met up at DragonCon, and he was and he had the best duck, duck...
0: duck. Yeah, actually, Justin tweeted out a video of him as Duck Newton with his yeah. jetpack. Well,
1: because he had um, he has like a real Rocketeer jetpack, which is yeah. how Justin describes Duck's yeah. jetpack. Yeah, which is Radical. the best. And he also and so, he also made a little Duck Newton minifigure that he gave to Justin, which is cool. Yeah, it was very cute. But and his wife was dressed as Loop. I don't know if you saw her, but her costume I did. was she, amazing. I, I
0: was jealous because <laughs> I was dressed as Loop too. <laughs> Um, but you were amazing, baby. Thanks. You you did a wonderful job on our red robes. But um, thank you. Yeah, it's like there's these these bonds that are formed, and it it feels like here's the thing: it feels mm. not like oh I'm going to a fan meetup. It feels yeah. like oh I'm going to a family reunion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And well, you go and you're like even- oh long lost cousin Esther. But even not even family reunion because like family reunion can have that vibe of like oh my god I don't want to go because my racist aunt's going to be there like right it's, it's like good family reunion <laughs> yeah it's like it's a feeling that I don't have it's I like can't meeting describe up with
0: it. old friends it's like meeting up yeah. with old friends you've never met yeah and it's yeah wild it's wild and I know from and the good thing about this podcast is only McElroy fans are listening and right. possibly Travis which. Hi. Uh, Hi, Travis.
1: Also, but, um,
0: yeah, we'll I'm talk about sorry that. for
1: tweeting you so many times. Can you DM me, please? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the... Th-
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's easy to sound creepy and fanatical. Yeah. Because that is what fan is short for, is sure. fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's easy to sound creepy and fanatical. Like, oh, my God, the McElroys. Oh, I they're so good. We friends, and I want to... Yeah. Blah blah blah. It's easy to sound crazy and creepy fanatical, but the thing about this fandom that I've that is resounding to me, and there are exceptions, mm-hmm. like every fandom, we're all very respectful of their boundaries. Yeah. Like, Griffin talks about how, like, please don't approach me on the street, and, like, I n- never, like, if Griffin was out and about, I would not expect anyone to go up. Like, I have what well, I shit you not when I was on the plane back from Georgia I was sitting next to a guy who looked a lot like Griffin McElroy and a part Are of you me wanted the to dapper like man huh
1: is that the really dapper guy
0: no no that was on the way down um oh, okay
1: Sorry. But the way back, there
0: was this guy who looked just like Griffin McElroy. You didn't tell And me a this. part of me wondered if it was. And I knew it wasn't because I knew he had to go back to Texas with his family and I knew he was already gone. But there was a part of my brain that said, Is this Griffin McElroy? Yeah. And then the next thought I had was, If it is, I should probably leave him alone.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: because I'm a fan of his work, I'm a fan of all of their works. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I should try to impose my life onto them. Yeah. It doesn't absolutely. mean that they owe people. me anything. No. They're people, they make something that I enjoy. If they do something that I don't enjoy, then I don't consume it. They haven't done that yet, but like, it's it's really a matter of like, they're people. They have families, they have lives, this is what they do for a living, and I enjoy it. And yeah. It seems like the rest of the fandom has a good head on their shoulders, and they also have that same feeling of like, yeah, it's a great podcast. They're great people, but they're still people. They're not. They're not characters. They're not these entities that I can consume. They're human beings. (laughs) Please don't consume them. (laughs) Please don't consume.
1: Griffin Griffin might might enjoy that. that. God, I love you so much. I love
0: you so much.
1: Oh god, um, we're gonna get married.
0: We're gonna get married eventually, once you yeah. propose to me. Um We've gotta and wait for that one. Don't you even sweat, audience. Uh, what what are the what is our audience's name? Because we're the good boys girls. So are they the good boys girls, boys, and girls? <laughs> <laughs> and the, variations thereupon? They're the good boys girls folks. The good boys girls folk. Yeah. I like that. So don't you even sweat, all you good boys girls folks out there. <laughs> that's GBG folks. You will know when we get engaged.
1: But oh, yeah.
0: that's a ways off. Anyway, I think honestly that's a good place to leave off for Taz because yeah. you know, I feel like above everything else, these boys are respectful. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they instill that respect in their fandom.
1: Yeah. Or they they attract people who have that air about them. You know, and if they if, you know, they come in I know people who've come into the fandom without that air of respect and have grown with the boys, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um They sort of they respect
0: their fans, they respect each other. Mm -hmm. They project an air of like, hey everybody, let's just be cool. Yeah. You know? and they like handle everything pretty well and like I, for the most part i think that's okay
1: yeah <laughs> I, you know i love being a part of this group of people and i i, I don't know it's just is it's nice you know it's like nice. it's nice to know that i can listen to something and not have to be on edge
0: or worried all the about time. what other people who listen to it think
1: yeah, like, well, I don't have to, like, constantly be worrying about, like, you know, we've talked about this before, but, like, I don't have to worry about being targeted in jokes. Like, I can just sit back and enjoy something mm-hmm. and not have to be like, oh, that's problematic. <laughs> not know? only
0: that, but I can also see people like me in the stories, you Yeah, know? Like, as a trans woman, having Loop as a character who's yep. not, her whole point isn't like, trans, ah! <laughs> like, which is every trans character in everything these days is like, did you know she was trans? Ah! <laughs> like, or like, <laughs> how's she gonna get up? You better be nice to my trans friends because she's trans! Like, <laughs> and I'm fucking sick of it. Oh, did you know about trans people? Let me tell you. Let me learn you a little some some about
1: estrogen. Can you can you give me example of a character you're talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean just in media
0: in general. Like you look at something like I'm talking about big media. I'm talking about Dallas Buyers Club. I'm talking okay. about. Orange is the new black. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. these shows and these people that are just like
1: Where they make a big deal about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and like I'm really over it. And for the longest, 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 longest time, I always said, I just want to see a trans character in a thing that's she's she's trans and that's it. Like yeah. she's that she's already did the things or not. Who cares? but she's doing other shit. Like, I just want to see a show about a trans superhero and, like, she's just is trans, but her whole thing is she's a superhero, and that's what we're focused on, is not how trans she is, and what she has to go through, and what makes her different, and whether she has a penis or a hoo 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 or whether she's done the estrogen, or what's her deal, or whoa, I gotta and like, I just am over that so much, and to see Loop just being a trans woman is so fucking refreshing, I can't even begin.
1: You're so cute. I love you so much.
0: <laughs> I love you, too. And, like, you know, Billy <sighs> and Carrie. And people say it's fan service to have the gays.
1: But fuck oh, you. Yeah. I want to be
0: serviced as a fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, that, that was one guy said that to me. And I was like, well, we're not friends anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, <sighs> also, like, it's about damn time
0: we got serviced as fans. Yeah. Gay people as are little queer fans. fans? Yes, queer fans, we need some service over here. Yeah. Hello, excuse me. (laughs) Garcon.
1: Hi, straight white male. Would you like to tell me again about how this is fan servicing when everything for you is serviced just the way you like it? Have I told you about my girlfriend? I'm
0: a cis man. (laughs) Hello? Why is it? Finally, a place where a cis man, man can, can be, be a cis, cis man. man. Chuck e. Cheese.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, oh, god, it's,
0: it's just nice. All no, of that is I nice. agree
1: with you. Like, you know, I just, oh, yeah, man. It's just super good and cool. And God bless Travis. God bless Travis. Thank Travis for Travis. Thank Travis Travis for Travis, man. Like, we'll get into Aubrey Little later, but like, dang. God damn it. She's a good lesbian. I'm so happy. That's a damn good. That's a damn good lesbian right there. Also, I'm going to put this down right now. Lucretia's a lesbian. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) At me. At me. She is. Like, you can fight me on that. She and Merle never mm-hmm. had a thing. That was just a very good friendship. Women Magnus. and men can be friends. Fuck Magnus. off.
0: Magnus. Magnus is... had
1: Julia, and after she died, he never was with anyone again. Travis made I that like, very clear. I like the
0: headcanon that Magnus is trans as well. Is this a trans I, boy? Yes, I, I agree
1: 100%. 100%. We're
0: going to get into all the fan art of everything later. But, oh yeah. Um, you know, shout no, out to No, we're gonna to have Globat. one whole episode
1: that's just fan art. Oh, dude. But shout I out to
0: Globat s- who does some of the best fucking art and most yes. of my canon interpretations of Glowbat. all the characters. And there's look that like.
1: one there's somebody, ah oh God, I can't remember. There's a person that does uh uh Taz and Brooklyn 99 crossovers that are super great, and I love them very mm. much. Um, um and yeah, it's um There's all there's so much good 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 yeah i mean Carrie and the Peach, fandom is great obviously. and everything
0: it's very gay yeah which is why when i find straight people at the gatherings or at the shows i'm like oh yeah
1: how did you <laughs> get here i'm like welcome hey welcome in come on welcome come on have Let's... you heard about this <laughs> would you like a hug welcome to our group we're so welcome glad to, to have, have gay, you here welcome to the gay podcast about elves
0: <laughs> made by straight boys <laughs>
1: Hey, you remember that
0: gay podcast about elves made by a bunch of straight boys from Virginia? <laughs> I think it was West Virginia! <laughs> oh yeah! What- Whatever happened to those boys? I think they're still making it! It's just about goat people and furries now! Oh! Look up for them!
1: <laughs> yeah! Um, so we're
0: going to get into Amnesty and all the mini ap- the mini things. Yes. Probably in, a, if not the next one, probably another one yeah, down soon. the line.
1: I also want to just slide this in here really quick um, yeah. before we leave this, because the next stuff we're going to get into, we're not going to be talking about D&D anymore. Yes. Um, We mentioned this before we started recording, oh, yeah. but uh, I want to talk about how Taz probably between Taz and Critical Role and Stranger Things, those three pieces of media single-handedly revived Dungeons & Dragons. And Dragons yeah. <laughs> like, can we just talk about that
0: for And a just second? from a business perspective also, the boys yeah. caught that wave perfect.
1: Oh, like for real? Well, because they, they did 5e before anybody else did 5e. Yeah. Like, they were doing 5e before the official player's handbook was out. Right. Right. Like that's so wild. It's just
0: it's pretty intense. And so yeah. I I'm really about Dungeons and Dragons. I, I'm about it. The person it, who recommended Taz to me after I started listening to it, I immediately Isn't
1: started- he your DM now?
0: He is my DM now. Um <laughs> I immediately said we need to start a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, and it took a year, but we did. And um he was he still is a phenomenal DM. Um
1: Yeah, I'm but- in two now.
0: Yeah, I Maybe now three? DM one, my own, uh, one of my own. You're in my campaign that I DM. I'm in
1: your campaign. I'm in one with Draga. And then I think you and I are trying to start another one where we co-DM with our children.
0: Yes, and it's going to be really good. And you can <clears throat> count on it being a podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. The gay um, family one?
0: Yes, the gay family one The cool. where everyone has to play as about both it. a male and a female character.
1: Oh, and, fuck yeah. I'm about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I had another idea. Remind me to talk to you about that later. But anyway.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, um now it's time for the wrap-up party. Sorry yeah. this was so dreadfully long. I'm going to try to cut it down a little bit, but there's a lot in this. And so, yeah. you know, I appreciate it if you stuck this out or listened to it in bits. Um so, as always, Well, our it's Twitter- about as
1: long as an Adventure Zone episode, to be fair. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. I mean, eh, to be fair, it's a little longer. It's about yeah. as long as a long episode. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we can count on them listening through.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least for in sure.
0: Parts. So, that being said, so please, uh, go leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you can. Uh, yes. You know, follow us on Twitter at Good Boys Girls T M. Our personal accounts. Uh, HeySews, @haystews, H A Y S T E W S. And at Blue Space Queen, spelled as it sounds. And Mm -hmm. uh, also check out our website, Lunar Light Studios, which is not up just yet, but should be soon. Um, It has Mm -hmm. a lot of our stuff on it, um, including Snubdub, My Other Podcast, and Ink Tank, uh, Blue's Other Podcast, as well as um, our other podcast that's going to be coming out soon, Tin Pan Diddly Do, which is a musical theater history podcast, Mm -hmm. um, which should be out by now. And then um, also... Uh, it has a couple of podcasts from your friends who uh, as you said
1: yeah, my friends who needed a place to host their podcasts And so if you need a place to host your podcast get in touch with me and you can do an interview and ask me if you're good for <laughs> at me yeah. And
0: then um, also uh, Please uh, tell your friends about us in your uh-huh. circles of McElroy friends uh, yes. We spread by word of mouth just like all good podcasts do. Just like somebody else we know. Just like somebody else we know. And um, yeah, and we actually are going to have another little mini episode uh, that's coming out um, in an off week. It's going to be next Friday. Yep. Um, it's a little like is... recap
1: of our experience when we were at the con at... and seeing the boys live and meeting Travis, which we did, by the way.
0: Yes, meeting Travis, which we did, by the way, and seeing them live, uh, both Mabimbam Bam and uh, the Adventure Zone. And uh, we recorded it literally in the car on the way back from the live show, (laughs) um, where we came up with this wonderful outro. Where you came up with this wonderful outro that you forgot, and I just listened back to what did I say? And you said what I'm gonna say as we leave our good boys, girls, folks to the end of this episode. Take a hammer and fix the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's and we'll right, see I you forgot. in the next episode. <laughs> we love you. <laughs>
1: Bye.